When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done as you have believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Shall we pray together for a moment? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to explore your word. And we pray that you would be with each one of us and help us to know more about what it means to be your disciples. Pray that you would meet with us and empower us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning marks the second in our new sermon series on discipleship. And this morning, as Mia said, we are focusing on what discipleship looks like. And so to that end, I want to begin by us all answering a question and having a think about something. I want you to think about a person, a Christian, who has really inspired and shaped you in your life. Somebody who's been a real inspiration as a disciple of Jesus and to think about why that is. So you need to think about that on your own for just a few seconds, and then when you're able to, share it with somebody who's sitting next to you. So go for it. Once you've had a think, you can share with somebody sitting nearby. You have to break up those conversations and uh, I encourage you just to carry on with those over coffee. But let's gather back together now. The story of the centurion is a story of discipleship in action. And just the way that those people that you shared with one another about have inspired and shaped you in your lives so too the centurion that we hear of in this passage in Matthew's Gospel can inspire and shape us. So what can we learn about discipleship from his example? What will encourage us in our own lives? For this morning I'm going to pull out four points and I hope that we can explore those together. Firstly then, seeking after Jesus. Capernaum had been the base for Jesus that he'd used for his travels around Galilee, and so he would have had a reputation in that town. 
The centurion in this story was a Gentile belonging to the security force of Herod Antipas, ruler of Galilee. And I'm sure word would have spread about Jesus. Maybe the centurion had seen Jesus in action on a previous occasion. Or perhaps he'd simply heard these stories of how amazing he was, of the things that he was doing and the kingdom of God that he talked about. But what is striking immediately about this passage is that yet again, just as Zacchaeus that we looked at last week for those of us that were here, here's another example of an outsider recognizing Jesus for who he was. A man from outside of Israel, a Gentile, who preferred that Jesus stay outside of his house, sees the inside of God's purposes with really amazing clarity. And from this we see immediately, once again, that one thing is clear about Jesus, that his relationship with us is open for all who want it. He responds to the hearts of his people. He responds to those who genuinely seek him. He isn't interested in those outward appearances and things, having the right job or being from the right place. He just longs for us to come to him every moment of every day with all that we are and all that we're going through in our lives. And he promises to meet with us. And that's the encouragement from this story. The message here is very simple. The centurion came to him asking for help. And so for us too, discipleship is about seeking Jesus, asking for his help, for his involvement in every aspect of our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I wonder if we're honest, how easy do we find this? And I felt as I was preparing this sermon for today that there were people here amongst us who were finding this really difficult, feeling that they couldn't approach Jesus. And maybe that's you this morning, maybe feeling that you're not good enough in some way. Maybe you feel that you have to get your life sorted before you can draw near and go deeper with Jesus. Maybe you're, you do, you've done something or you're doing something where you feel that wouldn't be acceptable and Jesus wouldn't want you to come to him. But the promise and the encouragement today is that we can, each one of us. Jesus longs for us simply to come to him, to open our lives up to him, and to ask for his help and his involvement. So the encouragement for each one of us today is to seek him. While I was working as a chaplain in uh, Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge, I was called to a man who'd just been told that he was dying. And uh, this is something that was part of our work. We'd have a call come into the office and we'd get um, called down onto one of the wards to speak to people. And this man was in his early 60s. And when I met him, he kind of looked, you know, somebody who you can see on their face. They'd had quite a hard life. His his face showed it. And um, when I met with him, he poured out the story of his family and of how he was estranged to his two sons and of how he'd never met their wives or his grandchildren. And he told me that this news that he was dying had just made him realise that he wanted to know God before he died. And he wanted to know his forgiveness and his peace. 
And so we talked, and I prayed, and he prayed. And he broke down and he wept as he recognized that Jesus drew near to him. And he sensed that great love that he had for him and his forgiveness of him. And it was the most powerful moment of transformation. It's something I'll never forget. He had sought God, he'd asked for his help, and God had met with him. And you could physically see the change on his face. And uh, he contacted his sons the next day and made his peace with them and asked for their forgiveness. And he asked me to go and see him the following week, which I did. And I found him in his, uh, his hospital room, surrounded by his family, united once more. How complicated faith can become, don't you think? How, fa- how complicated we can make it. But this story reminds us that it really is so very simple. Secondly then, looking to the needs of others before ourselves. The centurion is disturbed by the illness of his servant and he comes to ask for help. He goes out on a limb for somebody else. The society of which we're a part encourages us to put ourselves first, doesn't it? At every point, to be the best, to leave others trailing behind. We're encouraged to climb over others to get to where we want to, rather than helping others along. And yet being a disciple of Christ means going out of our way for those around us. It means putting the needs and wants of others before our own needs and wants. And in the chapters in Matthew's Gospel, before the passage we've heard this morning, Matthew tells us how Jesus highlighted and taught how we should be merciful, make peace, be sought and light, give to the needy, love our enemies, and forgive. All sorts of ways of putting others before ourselves. This is a tough calling, and it requires God's help and strength. And I wonder how good we are at living this way. I'm sure some of you will have heard of Henri Nguyen. He's uh, the Dutch Roman Catholic priest who's the author of many powerful books on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. But what made Henri's life so much more unique was that he chose to leave a really glittering academic career to share his life with the people who had learning difficulties who were a part of large daybreak community in Toronto in Canada. And there he went to be chaplain, went to be their minister, And he lived a life of sacrificial love and service to those people, being a real source of strength and blessing to them. And strikingly, when he writes in his books, he found that actually that was the making of him too, that through this, his life in Jesus became so much more than it had been before. And actually, his best books come out of that experience. And he said of his ministry there, I do believe that those from whom I least expected to learn are showing me the way. Thirdly then, recognising Jesus' power and authority. The centurion explains that he can recognise authority in Jesus. And he knows this because of his own experience of authority within the army. He instructs others what to do, but he is a man under authority. 
He is what he is because of the power that is at work through him. And he sees the same in Jesus. The centurion clearly sees that God's power is at work in Jesus and that miraculous things are happening because God is in charge. Faith, as it is illustrated here in the story of the centurion, could be defined as absolute practical reliance on God's power. This is what discipleship looks like. And in his difficult situation, he doesn't turn to the gods of the day, to the gods of Rome, but to the son of the living God. His eyes are open to the true order of things. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so we bow to his authority alone. We trust in Jesus. And for us, being a disciple of Jesus means that we are to have that same absolute reliance on God's power. And what a challenge that is day by day. We're not called to live in our own strength, but in the strength and power of the almighty God that we follow. This is faith. I wonder what your faith levels are like. Are you trusting in God's power? Do you know the reality of that in your life and in the life of those that you love and care for? Are you trying to do things in your own strength? Do you need to be reminded today of God's power at work in your life? Ask Jesus for help with that today. So fourthly and finally then, trusting and believing through the difficult times. This encounter ends with Jesus assuring the centurion that healing will happen. And indeed it does, even without Jesus entering the house. Here is someone who trusted Jesus to deal with a situation in the way that he knew best. He trusts that Jesus knows what he's doing. He's a man that has the courage to look beyond the immediate circumstances of his own life and of the pain and the difficulty to the one who could make a real difference. And I wonder for us how easy we find it to trust and believe in Jesus when we're going through struggles and pain and difficulty, when the road gets tough, maybe when we're struggling with illness or bereavement or relationship difficulties, or stress, or job worries, or money difficulties. That's when everything is put to the test, isn't it, as a disciple of Jesus. And I know that in my own journey, there's been points when that's been really, really difficult. It's been a real challenge to hold on and to trust and believe, to trust Jesus in those difficult times, to stay faithful even when things don't work out in the way that I'd hoped. And yet this is the path of discipleship, to trust him in the good times and the bad times, believing that he is at work for good in every aspect of our lives. I still remember the cards some lovely Christian friends of ours sent to us when we were having a really difficult time. Inside they wrote the bold promise God will make a way where there is no way. And at the time, I found it really difficult to believe that. And yet it was something that I clung onto. Almost they were claiming it on my behalf, I think, at the time. But we held onto that. 
and it proved to be true. Through the mist of hopelessness, there did burn a dawn of new hope in a way that we'd never thought possible. And for the centurion, his difficult situation ends as well as could be hoped for, doesn't it? His servant is healed at that very hour. But maybe for us, it hasn't quite been like that. We may be struggling with that healing that hasn't happened. Or we're burdened by broken dreams or hurts. And maybe if we're honest this morning, it's taken its toll on our relationship with Jesus. And we're struggling to have the faith that we once did. And if that's you, I really believe that God wants to reassure you this morning. That he wants to draw close. And that he wants to let you know that he is at work for good in your life. Whatever's happening. And that he will make a way where there is no way. And he longs for you to trust him and to walk with him. And so to end, we began by asking who were those Christians around us who have inspired us and shaped us? But what about us as disciples of Christ? What do we want people to say about us? What do we want others to see in us? What do we want discipleship to look like in our lives? Let's be encouraged by the example of the centurion to seek after Jesus, to look to the needs of others before our own, to recognise the power and authority that only Jesus has, and to trust and believe in him every day of our lives.